I'm Jonathan Crocker, and welcome to the Renfair History Podcast presented by the Digital Renfair. Uh, you can find me at the Ohio Renaissance Festival performing as Jake the Wild Man in the Theater on the Ground Mud Shows, and also as Dr. Cranius Lunch at the Arizona Renaissance Festival performing with the Wild Men. And uh, we have Facebook pages for the Wild Men and Theater on the Ground, and websites for both of those programs as well. And I'm here today with Carl Ash. Ta-da! Hello, everyone. Let's see, where can you find me? Emptyhats.com. You can find me on Facebook on the Oops Comedy Knife Throwing Show or Carl Ash. Excellent. Well, welcome. I'm looking Thank forward you. to, uh, Thanks to for chatting with you. We've known each other for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we met at Scarborough Fair in about 1980-something. Um, or, or 90? What, what was, when was that? Oh, I, yeah. you know, the, I, 80s. it's terrible. Oh, it's definitely in the 80s. Late definitely 80s. in Late the 80s. 80s, I think. Late yeah. 80s, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and uh, how long had you been doing Renaissance festivals at that time? Scarborough that year was my second festival. Oh. I had only done one festival beforehand, a little festival. It was its last year in Key Biscayne, Florida. Okay. That was my very first one that I stumbled across. I had never heard of a Renaissance fair before, even though I had performed busking as a Renaissance jester. Really? And where was yeah. that? New York City, Central Park. Okay. Did that for a couple of years, then did it in Milan. I did it in, uh, got arrested in Milan. Ah, exciting. Uh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Feather in your cap. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did it in France and Germany. So uh, traveled about as a Renaissance jester, had never heard of a Renaissance fair, and I was living aboard a ship in Miami. Uh-huh. And then I had see, I saw a poster for a Renaissance fair. So I went and got got a gig. <laughs> right. Got a gig for, for the, the last weekend of that fair. Loved it and went, oh, well, this is so what was this is that, my life. What was it that captured you? What was what was your experience? Well, there what was cool is that it was so much easier to get a crowd in a Renaissance festival than on the streets of Central Park in a Renaissance costume. Sure. So it was perfect. It was just perfect, you know. Plug and and, and I just, and I felt like, you know, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but a, a lot of times empty hats will perform at the front gate, as a mm -hmm. lot of minstrels do. Right. Um, at, when the gates open. And sometimes you can see people walking through the gate and they just go, I'm home. You mm. can just feel it, that this is their, this is their tribe. Right. I definitely had that that weekend. It was first weekend I met a guy named Dr. John, who was a tarot reader. And I mean, I just, I, I fell in love with the whole thing. And luckily... I'd already booked, by the time I was done, I'd already booked Scarborough Fair because a lot of people didn't get paid. <laughs> that They had lost their shirts Because that the show closed. Because the show closed. So I did. I did get paid. But I'd already booked Scarborough. So it was great. I mean, I just hitchhiked to Scarborough. Wow. Lived in a small little tent. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, which somebody had said, when I was talking to a friend of mine who was a big camper, in New Jersey, uh, where I grew up, they said, "Oh, if you want, um, if you want to make your tent nice and soft, take a bale of hay, put it underneath the tent, just spread it out underneath uh, the tent." Yeah, yeah, right. And I was like, "Oh, that's great!" And it made it really soft. Of course, they don't have chiggers in New Jersey. <laughs> 
And I was oh, covered, God. covered oh. in chiggers yeah, my first yeah. year on the circuit. It's I can just imagine you hitchhiking from New Jersey with a bale of hay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to have this for my camp. I, gotta have I don't this. want the chiggers. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, didn't know about that. So, it's, you know, uh, Renaissance fairs is quite the learning curve oh, in, sure in, every, in yeah. every possible way. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And sure. camping at Scarborough in particular. Uh-huh. Will we'll teach you lots of things. Yeah, about uh, about chiggers, about fire ants. Uh huh. Um, mud. M- mud. 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 <laughs> Have you done Scarborough? I've heard about the mud. So the mud is because it's mostly clay. For those of you who have never been. So it's mostly clay. So if it rains and you walk from one side of the fair to the other, by the time you get to the other side of the fair, your feet will be five feet long. I mean, it just (laughs) collects this clay and you can't get it off. It's easier to just buy new boots for for the next weekend. (laughs) What year was that? Again, I'm, I'm guessing I'm 80, 88. Yeah, maybe 88, 89. What I consider my first professional job um, was 1982, the World's Fair in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I haven't had a straight job since. So everything, that's sort of the starting point. And then I think Renaissance Fairs was either one or two years after that. Okay. So. So. Yeah. Maybe 86. Yeah, maybe. five from there. So, okay, yeah. Just loved it. It was the first time I I met Michael Marzella, mm-hmm. who just blew me away. I mean, yeah, he was just an amazing. And the characters, we, we, we kind of, we don't have as many lifestyle characters now as we used to. Artemis. Or artist the spoon man, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, these were just characters that are just phenomenal. Were renowned. they characters in the fair, or and characters in life as okay. well? I mean, artist the spoon man was just he was he was he was out there, and he was he did bubbles, and he did he just did a show of spoons, and it was he was incredible, uh, an amazing is an amazing yeah. spoon player. And I actually played with the symphony orchestra out in Portland, I think, uh-huh. at least somewhere in yeah. the West Coast. Played with Frank Zappa. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. What he could do musically with a couple of wooden spoons and some knives and forks and spoons. He, he had a whole array of silverware and salad implements that he had laid out in did front of him. Did you ever play with him? I did, actually. Because yeah. spoons, yeah. cutlery, and vegetables, what a great... <laughs> I, I did not play vegetables Oh, okay. Oh, you know, that I, would I be... played bones, so I jammed okay. him with bones. Oh, I see, bit. okay. But that would be a perfect, yeah, you know, the, yeah. Yeah, the salad yeah. sessions. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Great. We'll have to have a Kickstarter for that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and Artemis Thorne, you mentioned, uh, Uh who uh, traveled the country driving a hearse. Driving a hearse with a dog in a wheelchair in its later years. Yeah, it lost its ability to walk, so he had two wheels on its hind legs. And Mm -hmm. yeah, he was a lovely man, lovely, very sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, dark very, humor. very dark humor. Yeah, lovely, lovely guy. I met someone named Artemis at one of Jerry Berry's parties, but he's not with us. This one you're talking about, Artist the Spoon Man and Artemis, big Artis. long beard, tall, I... lanky, mm, yeah. big tall beard. And he talked about selling food, and he knew all about the history of like the turkey legs and things. 
Yeah, that might be, might be him. Yeah, did he do like haunted houses and that sort of thing? I think thing? so, but I'm not sure. And he would have been like older than than either of us. He's, yes. he's yeah, probably he was... in his 70s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My first meeting of Michael Marzella as the king at Scarborough Fair. And I always say he's the best king in the biz. You know, he's just the best. For those who don't and... know Michael, he's about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, yeah. Um, and portly and and has a, a basso profundo that will just simply rumble your bones. Yeah, yeah. Just, and and smart as a whip. I yeah, mean, just yeah. just Mensa smart. And my first day at Scarborough Fair, and they asked me to perform at the feast. So I took three juggling axes. All right, I'll do my axe routine. And he calls me up, and I go, uh, "How art thou, Your Majesty?" And he stands to his foot, full six foot five, looks down and says, Thou, you deign to refer to your monarch as thou? And it was my first day on the job. (laughs) I shrank to about two inches and I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm sorry, Your Majesty, but, but I'm not sure why. And he launched into this tirade of how thou is the familiar, not the formal, and that you is the formal. So I should, in fact, say, how are you, Your Majesty? So he got to launch into this whole thing. And I, of course, was, I, I left there practically crying. <laughs> I'll never work here again. Scolded by the king. I'm so glad I'm not really in the Renaissance. <laughs> and then he came up to me, you know, 10, 15 minutes later. He says, that was really great. Let's do that every day. <laughs> because it got, it gave him a reason to expound. So every day at the feast, it was how can Giacomo piss off the king? So and it was that was my job. That's a perfect gesture role. It, perfect gesture role, right? One day, I got him. Yeah, yeah. One day, I said, "How art thou, your Majesty? Thou, thou, you deign to go, your Majesty? Thou?" And I said, "Well, of, of course, your Majesty. Why would I not?" He says, "I know that the rules of King's English is you refer to." You use thou when you are referring to your pets, your children, your inferiors, and God. Are you not of divine birth, your majesty? Are you not of divine right? Are you not the divine king? And he just looked at me and went, well played, Jocmo. <laughs> so that was really great. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I appreciated Michael and his, his wife, Marilyn, at the time. Um we're, we're so steeped in in the history yeah. the customs that you know mm-hmm. and it, it did it brought everybody up you know um yeah. and inspired everybody to, absolutely to, to bring a better game after scarborough what was your next move i'm not sure i can tell you accurately <laughs> okay. i mean they all sort of after after almost uh 35 years yeah. they all sort of blend I in that. together but at that point um, you pretty much went whole hog for Renaissance festivals, for booking fairs and... Yeah, I did the Tuxedo Fair 
in New right. York, near New York City. <laughs> right. What New York City people call upstate New York and everybody else calls downstate. Downstate yeah. New York. <laughs> right. right. Which is uh, very confusing because it's, it's in a place called Sterling Forest in Tuxedo, New York. <laughs> and so I remember at one year, at some point, meeting a woman and saying, oh, I'm going to Sterling. And she said, oh, I'm going there too, you know, so we'll meet up. And then uh, then the following year I went, I thought you said you were going to Sterling. I was there. Where were you? Well, I was going to Sterling in upstate in Syracuse, and she was in Sterling Forest at that point. So, <laughs> you know, we just missed one another. I know people like who have showed up for the wrong job. That's right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh, that would be bad. Got hired as a pub wench at uh, the Sterling Forest Fair. And, um, and actually thought she was, she was from New York. She thought she was going to the Sterling Forest Fair. And, Ended up being Sterling, New York. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so she had a bigger commute that year than she did. Yeah. To. <laughs> um, so I did Sterling. I did Florida shows. I did Largo. Um, I Sterling Forest Tuxedo mm-hmm. is where I met Kiara, Caleb's mom. Right. Started the rest that phase of history. your life. Started that yeah. phase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that must have been... Either, uh, I'm going to guess 85 or 86, because Caleb was born in 87. Okay. Meeting Kiara, and neither one of us took this traveling thing or this performing at fairs all that seriously. It was really fun. I loved it. I loved going to Europe a lot. So, met Kiara, worked at Walt Disney World at Epcot. Mm Mm-hmm. And then Kiara got pregnant. But I I will forever be grateful to Kiara because when she got pregnant, I I was terrified of about to be a dad. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to have to get a job. I'm going to have to get a three-piece suit and I'm in an attache case and (laughs) and really, really make a living and stuff like that. And eschew this gypsy life that I've started to create Mm -hmm. for myself. And she said, no, 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 no says, I don't want your father to be the father of this child. I want you to be the father of this child. <laughs> I'm very grateful to her for that, because right. I would have. I would have given this up and if that yeah. felt like that was required of me. But we had to make it work. Right. So now I had to take it a little more seriously, financially and responsibly yeah. than I had yeah. in the past, yeah. you know. So, and, and make more phone calls than I <laughs> had in the past, you know. So yep. spend more time at payphones. Payphones, oh my God. <laughs> yes, for for all of you youngins out there, let me tell you, making trying to book a gig at payphones. Whoo, that was a that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you'd get their answering machine and uh, you'd go uh call the entertainment director. Hi, I'm in Texas somewhere. I'll stay at this payphone for 15 minutes. If you can call me back, the number is, you know, and you'd, of course, 15 minutes later, you'd get back in the bus and keep driving, you know, and maybe stop, Next you know, you, another yeah. hour or something mm-hmm. and try again with, you know, a, your bag of quarters. The cell phone the and the Rubbermaid bin and the bungee cord have, have made this lifestyle possible. <laughs> for me, there was another side to, to this only having contact when you had a point of contact, like when you you had to be at a phone to be contacted or to contact people. Right. I think fares changed, I won't say for the worse, but they changed dramatically when cell phones came around because there was sense this sense of sort of village life that mm-hmm. a Renaissance festival produced where people actually 
strolled around to see who they might run into. Uh-huh. And and that would be your social life for the day. You didn't make plans and texts and say, I'll meet you here, I'll do this. Like right, that, right. That. Sure. Just, you would set off um, on a walk and uh-huh. see who might be around, see who might, who might be home. And so they're all, and or, or meet somebody new that you hadn't known before, or see somebody at work at their shop making jewelry yeah, yeah. and sure. stuff for a chat. Absolutely. And all of this, this sort of serendipity, uh, um, you know, happenstance really created a, a whole different flavor. Yeah. Um, within the, the, the festival communities, sure. especially during the week. How long did it take you to find the Sterling Renaissance Festival the first t- and second time that you went without Google? <laughs> I did pretty well. I, oh, yeah. I got oh, in my 1972 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> it was at that time, I think, firing on three cylinders <laughs> and drove from Vermont uh-huh. and managed to follow. I guess at that point, Gary had given the directions to enough people enough times that he had it like oh, down well to down. the, sure, you know, sure, go sure, point sure. six, five miles, <laughs> right. you know, and it won't look like a road, but, uh-huh. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, and but I arrived after dark. At that time, it was like in a dark sky part of the world. Yeah, there yeah. Were, there were no houses nearby. There were no lights. It was dark and it was the dark of the moon and I parked in this field and there was the faint line that I could see a darker line against the the sky over the lake against the the, the, the stars that mm-hmm. said okay there's a line of trees there I guess I'll head for the line of trees because the festival must be in there somewhere and yeah, as yeah. I got closer I saw a little glimmer of light through the trees of, uh-huh. a, of a campfire and um, so I headed for the campfire, and there were three people uh-huh. <laughs> sitting around the campfire: Jennifer Jackson uh-huh. and Mark Allen, Allen of uh, the mime, uh, who she was with at the time, and a guy named Dan O'Donnell, who was one of the Queen's guards who had gotten there. Uh-huh. And uh, so those were the first three people I met. Uh-huh. And uh, the, I never met Mark Allen. He was he had already passed by mm, the time I yeah got yeah, there. Sad story, but I heard about yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they sort of pointed me off in the direction of of the, the privies where there was a, <laughs> a second story, which was kind of the bunkhouse, you know, uh-huh. landing spot for people. Uh-huh. And uh rolled out my bedroll and <laughs> started swatting mosquitoes. You just went into the woods. <laughs> he just And then there were people there. And then, there were and then they were there. like, well, we're gonna make this festival happen uh in like three days. All right. No, no, this was been, this like, was way early because Sterling, I was hired in the cast of Sterling. Which meant we had a month of rehearsals. Now let me get so, this right. You're both at Sterling the Festival. Upstate not, New York. It, like, yeah, the Sterling Renaissance Festival. The not, Sterling Renaissance Festival. Yes, that's okay. the one yep. we're talking about I now. Thank you. Right. Yeah. Verifying. Yeah. I'll always refer to the one down south is tuxedo. Okay. Uh, generally, to to make it clear, because mm-hmm. okay. the town, the nearest town, is Tuxedo, right. New York. The nearest town for Sterling is Syracuse. Is well, or Sterling? Is there's well, a town Sterling? Oh, so, <laughs> so Sterling is the town. Um, Fairhaven is the nearest town that has a town. Right. Um, Oswego is the nearest city, and Syracuse is the nearest major city. Yeah. Like with an airport. Right. The Sterling Festival, the Sterling Fair, at that time it was the um, the Renaissance Fair and Summer Marketplace at Sterling, New York. Oh, okay. And the byline on their business card and posters was, a beautiful place for beautiful people to do beautiful things. Wow. <laughs> this was 1982, and uh, and the 70s, the... 
um, were still alive. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the man who started Sterling had, had fallen in love with the whole Renaissance fair thing in Southern California when the fair started there. Right. Uh, this was Dennis Ouellette? Dennis, Dennis Ouellette. Yeah. Well, Ouellette. And that had been his vision, was, was to create a, an arts fair with, with performing and music and, and a place for people to come out into his property in the woods up there in the middle of nowhere in upstate New York and create something new and beautiful. Yeah. And then he died. Well, he succeeded. He succeeded. He yeah. succeeded yeah. beautifully. And, and when those first few years that I was there, there was <clears throat> very much a palpable sense memory of, of his presence. I never met him. But, yeah, neither did I. Um, Jerry had already owned it by the mm-hmm. time I got there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that vision was beautifully executed by Gary Izzo, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, and I'm not saying that just to suck up, uh, <laughs> but he's done an incredible job, Gary and really set the standard as far as I'm concerned. Right. Yeah, circling back to the Marzellas, that's where I met Michael and Marilyn, was at Sterling. Okay. Um, and there was a whole greater sense of, of wanting to bring out the educational aspect um, and, and the artistic aspect of what was going on. Sure. I think Ferris have shifted more towards entertainment uh-huh. um, as a genre and less... At that time, it was, it was on the fringes of living history. Sure. Um, I remember mornings going out and the cast would would start stamping out the tire tracks of the of the trash truck that had been through the night before to pick up the trash um so that there were no remnants of 20th century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Um, sure, sure, sure. visible. Yeah. I mean, there Sterling has always been sort of the the biggest anachronarch festival of almost all of them, you know, of of trying to be as pure, which is why I think Gary is so never really liked independence as much because he didn't have as much control. So when you say independence, you're talking about independent acts. Stage acts, yes, as opposed to hired cast. Yeah, we were always, I think, sort of a necessary evil, (laughs) you know. (laughs) How so? Well, because we would come in with our already established act. It was already there, and he didn't write our stuff, and he didn't train us. So we were a little more anachronistic than the cast Or was. perhaps much more anachronistic or, Yeah, times. I mean, and it became <laughs> more and more. Yeah. And then now in the last, I'd say in the last 10 years, um, you know, most stage acts have no renaissance sense at all. Most acts, especially the ones coming up, you know, they don't try to do a character or an accent or a dialect of any kind. Which is, I think is a shame, but I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a different, it's a different thing. You know, right, right. Involves. So, but I, I, I've always, uh, you know, when I hear people going, "Hi guys," kind of makes me <laughs> cringe a little bit. <laughs> you know, from the stage. Hi guys. Huh, okay, <laughs> that's where we're at now. Okay. Right. And uh, still talented performers. I'm not taken away from their talent. And who was Gary Izzo? He's the entertainment director at the Sterling Festival. Mm-hmm. He went on to be the entertainment director at the Pennsylvania Fair for a long time and established their program. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did it for actually, very long. He didn't. He actually he did, I think, for one year. One and then year. Um, Brian Belge and um, uh, Dennis, Johnson. Dennis Johnson took over. I see. But they had Sterling Heritage. They, right. So they kept so that they kept format, that model. the template. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then Gary Mazu took over, when Gary Mazu took over Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. that's when I was 
started PA. And it was funny too, because I always felt like Pennsylvania had the same amount of talent as Sterling, but their relationship to the Renaissance was all completely tongue in cheek, as opposed to they were pretending to be in the Renaissance as to being in the Renaissance. They would have characters named Marilyn Merlot, you know, and so they were all, everything was very tongue in cheek and campy at the Pennsylvania show. And again, there's no, there's no owner's manual. So do what you want to do. Yeah. I noticed, I noticed that, that same sort of shift or, and the distinction between what was presented as Sterling at that time in that era, as opposed to most other festivals. And the distinction I started to draw in my mind was the difference between comedy and farce. Uh-huh. Um, whereas Sterling, it was a a comedy that did not nod or wink at itself. Right, absolutely. Um, whereas most other festivals, it's a, it's a slightly easier fit, especially for, entertain, for, for entertainers coming into the absolutely. scene with their own material yeah. to treat it as farce right. um, and, and refer to the Renaissance in either explicitly or implicitly in their in their material, sure. as opposed to try to immerse themselves in it and come through that to an audience who is now struggling to grasp just what it is that you're trying to do. Yeah, right. And Sterling had this unique position where it started so small. Um, I mean, when I first did Sterling in 1982, we had many days of five or 600 people in the park and a thousand oh. was a big day. And we had yeah, a cast yeah. of about... 25 people probably including the Shakespeare troupe so the ratio there is is incredible and 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 the the ability to um transmit to the audience that sense of being in a sure. place Misty and I talked about this in the first episode of the show the sense of being relentlessly true to character and and yeah. context and drawing the audience into that and and at uh-huh. some point the audience would release their their resistance to that and say, oh, I don't understand, but I will play along. And when I do, everything glows. You know, it just, it becomes yeah. fun and 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 just the, the, the sense of, of giving over to trust in the, in the, in the circumstance. Right, right. And then that becomes so enchanting that the next year they bring their friends and start to prime a whole wider circle. And so Sterling kind of developed this culture. And I think every fair does develop its own sure, internal culture. But that level of, of sort of, uh, of commitment um, well, one ha- thing hasn't really grown up anywhere. That I think was anywhere. Gary Izzo's intention was... Um, he had this Greek word called temenos, mm-hmm. which was a safe place in which to play. And that was his mission statement. Mm-hmm. It was a safe place in which to play. Right. And I, I've always loved that. Yeah, look up um, temenos. It's a great word. Temenos, it's a great <laughs> word. I wanted to name, when, when we had to go from double indemnity to empty hats, temenos was on the short list. Uh-huh. I didn't like the word. Temenos didn't appeal to me as a word. Mm-hmm. I loved the meaning, yeah, yeah. but I, I didn't like the word, so it didn't make yeah. the cut. But uh, I love the the concept of it. And the other thing is that one of the things that I think Sterling shines at is I think it has the best pub sing in the country. Yes, bar none, bar none. There's no other. And again, I think it's made. because of that distinction between farce and comedy. Right. Um, it is genuinely moving 
because although it is there are comedic elements, it does right. not laugh at itself. Right. And it draws the audience in and allows it to become poignant. Yeah, they are their characters. They're not pretending to be their characters. You know, they're not, yeah, like the wink and the nod thing. Mm -hmm. They're they're really firmly in their characters. Mm -hmm. And and because of that culture that's that's grown up there with the audience there, when the queen addresses the audience at, at the end of the day, they ev shut up. Everybody has become accustomed to the fact that that we're being addressed by our monarch. Yeah. And 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 the audience allows itself to have that meaningful relationship. And the casting is is so good that that when characters pipe up and speak to the audience, they can connect, you know, yeah. in, in a way that's that's really that is deeply moving. I mean, I've, I've teared up at, at that pub scene oh, so many, many times. times. <laughs> yeah. Many times. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it be, it's, it's a ritual space. It's really the, yeah. that, that everybody brings that, that sense And between to. Baj, uh, Berinsky, who was the queen for many years mm -hmm. and, and Marilyn, Maria and that. Marilyn, yeah. Maria de Mitchell mm -hmm. and Suzanne Sachs. Now, I mean, sort of phenomenal performers. Yeah. Really talented improvisers. I mean, really incredible, incredible performers. And really strong and 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 wise personalities. You know, yes. people who really took very seriously and take very seriously the mantle that they take on as 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 that role as yeah. the monarch and are able to give to the audience from right. that space, which is which is really which really is powerful. and you know I've always been very struck and amazed by the fact that America has embraced the monarchy <laughs> so thoroughly. We we were once doing uh, the Fourth of July parade in Fairhaven, and Frank O'Garro said, uh, "I find it very interesting that the Queen Elizabeth is marching in the <laughs> Independence <laughs> Day parade." parade. <laughs> uh, and so, and America has embraced the monarchy probably more than England does, and I find it fascinating that we still long for that mm -hmm. mythology. Maybe one of the degree. keys to the success of Renaissance festivals yeah. on some level, you know. Yeah. We get to we, play we, that space. Well, and we like, unlike the confusion of this democracy that we find ourselves in. <laughs> A strong and benevolent leader is all we really want. <laughs> That's all we really want. <laughs> so, yeah. So I've always been struck by America yeah. loving the Renaissance so much. When I first started doing Sterling, it was on a uh, a biker route. Uh -huh. Um, the, the South shore of Lake Ontario, there is beautiful country biking, you know, and, and a lot of small bars to stop it. So uh -huh. there are these, these like real old school Harley bikers, um, who would, um, you know, their little bike pack would, would like show up at yeah, yeah. the gate. Sure, and sure. It, for them, it was just another, it was another pub, but uh -huh. there were pub wenches and cleavage and, you know, and games of skill to play and axe yeah, throwing yeah. and knives and a joust, you know, so it was Oh, like, and sometimes they would be so, they would get instantly transformed by this. Oh, yeah. Like they would let go of their biker stuff and like just get really, be dancing on stage and like being part of Kenny's uh, Bob Da Vinci show and they'd be totally into it yeah. wearing a tutu and like just like There's when you can see these bikers in their leathers wearing a tutu and be that's the magic of of Renaissance fairs yeah. to me I, I did not experience this story but it's so <laughs> it's so beautiful there was a guy who ran a fencing 
game. Mm-hmm. And the, the the object was you had a you had a full fencing protective gear right, thing sure. with a balloon on your right right on, sure. your, on the top of your head. Uh-huh. And the idea was to try to pop the other person's balloon. Well, these two bikers showed up and want to play this game, and this guy was like pulled up like and he would dressed as you know as sort of a a, a, a gentleman of you know of the fencing master right right. Um, and so he puffed up all of his martial arts you know. Uh-huh. key to address these guys to like to keep them from wailing at each other <laughs> and hurting themselves the equipment or some random stranger that a broken sword <laughs> might fly off to you know so he's like going through the whole you know this is a game of skill and honor it is not a, you know we're this is not combat this is skill and finesse and uh-huh. and you know you, you must behave honorably towards each sure. other and, and he's starting to get the salutes down and everything and then up on the hill the parade starts coming by and the queen is being carried down in her litter um, down the, the hill. And the, the fencing master turns and, you know, bows to the queen. And the two bikers are kind of looking at each other. And the, the guy, there's a, a very tall guy and a very short, swarthy guy. Uh-huh. And uh, the short, swarthy guy's next to me says, bow, it's the queen. And he goes, oh. And he's like, actually, like, looks at the, the, the fencing master and, you know, <laughs> tries to do the whole formal bow thing, you know. <laughs> and the big guy's, like, kind of looking at them. <laughs> And the, the little guy swings his fist and just knocks the guy right in the stomach, which is right about shoulder level. Thing. And the guy, and he's bow down, motherfuckers, I'm a queen. That's <laughs> That's the title of this podcast. Yeah, bow down, motherfuckers, it's the queen. <laughs> yeah, that was good. <laughs> This has been the Renfair History Podcast presented by Digital Renfair. I am Jonathan Crocker of The Wild Men and Theater in the Ground. You can find me at uh, Facebook pages under both those names, as well as moremud.com and wildman.com. And you can find me, Giacomo the Jester or Carl Ash, on Facebook. You can find me at renadventures.com. Uh, you can find me at emptyhats.com. Ciao, tutti! Ciao, tutti!